What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode seven of the Main Stand podcast. I'm Josh with my two co-hosts, Mitch and Pat. What are you, How are you guys doing? I'm doing. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'd be doing Busy a lot better if I could watch some footy this past weekend. I only caught the Liverpool game. I had to watch. I had to watch on my phone, and I didn't want to use my data because I'm a little bitch boy. But I didn't get to watch anything. I caught like. Two seconds at the end of the Liverpool game is when it came back on, and then it went out again. Tough. That's always um, a tough, tough look. You know, I think we see that as American fans, kind of overall, just finding our games in general and all the different platforms we have to use. And then when you get fucked by just the internet being out, it's like the all-time uh, disappointment. Mm-hmm. We already Not have to go fun. through so much trouble to watch our teams, and when something out of your hands just t- takes the game away it's brutal happens to the best of us but luckily uh, i think we're getting it sorted we had uh an internet technician out for like eight hours um internet's been spotty today we were we actually were out until five o'clock so i was like i didn't want to say anything because i was just hoping it would come back on for this but we're good it's you know it's life in the main stand that's the part of living in Maine. internet outages it's how it is if anybody listens to the section 10 podcast they have this like running joke the red sox barstool podcast um they have this running joke about how like maine gets news so slow like you you have to deliver mail by horse like you have to go to new hampshire under the top of the mountain to get any cell service it's actually pretty accurate. Like the internet here is shit. Anyway, we're pretty much the Scotland of the UK. Sick. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Pretty bad. But anyway, I digress. We had uh, we had a lot of stuff go on this weekend, boys, and this week in uh, in the UCL. So let's dive into some review. We can start with uh, Premier League this weekend. Um, Pat, do you want to talk about what happened with uh, Chelsea and City? I would love to, because this was a big, big three points for my guys. Uh, City looked so dominant throughout the entirety of that game. Uh, Chelsea could not get out of their own half, and City were camped in it for a majority of the game. Uh, There was a picture of the average positions of – all of the players and two Chelsea players had an average position outside of their own half uh, with the other nine all kind of stuck in their own end. Uh, We pressed in uh, like a really interesting four, two, four where Rodri and Bernardo were like a double pivot and it kind of just smothered any attempts that Chelsea had to play out of the back. And, uh, City's front four just pressed them to hell. Uh, they, they covered the spaces really well, like in between the back five, didn't really give them a lot of time to build out of the back, forced the long balls, and uh, Ruben Diaz was imperious in the air. He had a really, really good game. Um, my man of the match was Bernardo. Uh, you two probably remember that performance that he put on against you guys where he was literally everywhere, uh, in the 18-19 season at Anfield, and it was a really, really similar performance uh, this game. Um, 
genuinely one of the, in my opinion, one of the best box to box midfielders. Uh, when you play him in that role, he just covers so, so, so much ground. Um, absolutely immense performance from him. I think it was one of Rodri's best games in a city shirt. And uh, Zhao Cancelo was making a case for best fullback on either side of a back four. Uh, if he keeps playing the way. Uh, I think ultimately uh, it came down to Tuchel not um, switching to a two-man midfield too. I think that ended up like costing Chelsea a lot. Um, they had no way of like breaking the pressure that City put on them. Um, and uh, at the end of the day, football won and uh, Thomas Tuchel's terrorist ball finally lost the game. Yeah, it was a good take by Jesus for the goal too. I, you know, and I know Jesus gets a little bit of stick online. You know, Man City needed number nine. He's kind of the one being looked over a little bit as the one who a lot of people say, you know, isn't the number nine that's going to win a Champions League. But, you know, that was a pretty class goal, the way he turned on it and uh, put it. I know it kind of took a little bit of a weird deflection, but uh, to get past Mendy or isn't an easy job. Um, I thought it was a really good performance from Chelsea, though. Yeah, they defended really well, but but ultimately, I, I think it was tough for, for them to beat us playing the way that they were when we were as on as we were. But I also think that it does speak volumes about their defensive organization that that was the kind of performance that a team has to put on to, to beat them by one goal. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's a big win for Pep, too. I know Pep's a decorated manager in his own right, and he has nothing to prove, really. But after a, a few defeats in a row to Thomas Tuchel, it'd be nice to get one back on him this early in the season. Yep. Yep. Very much. Mitch, any thoughts on this one? Uh, big that Chelsea drops three points. Even bigger <laughs> that they lost two on the bounce. One nil, one nil defeats back to back. I think that's, that's huge for, uh, for the good guys in red. Yeah, exactly. We're going to we're gonna switch to a red team, not Liverpool quite yet, but Arsenal-Tottenham, what a match, huh? That Arsenal was... getting the three points at the Emirates, huge game. Arteta's putting together a couple wins in a row. What do we think of them? Uh, well, the joke we made about them getting relegated won't happen. We know that for a fact. I think they're, they're going to be safe from relegation this year. Now we can safely say that. Um. I thought they played a really, really good game. Honestly, they look assured all over the pitch. Um, Tottenham are a mess right now. Uh, there were people claiming that they had a title charge because they beat us the first game of the season. And then Arsenal were in 19th at one point, And now Arsenal are in 10th and Tottenham are in 11th. And they're both on negative five goals for their goal differential. Um, After a terrible start from Arsenal. I mean, yeah horrible the worst start imaginable and they're they're back right in the mix at the middle of the 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 table and i feel like tommy yasu has been a huge huge signing for them and he is, he's been incredible he has been he came in guns blazing and you know like i think i think arsenal kind of snapped to it they figured their shit out and they're they're starting to to play like arsenal which isn't terrible but you they still sneak wins and i think uh you know against tottenham who is a very shaky side right now i i think grabbing those three points and is is a huge boost for for the the gunners 
Yeah. Yeah, I sure. agree with that too. I think Tommy Asu's made a bigger impact than Ben White has so far. And that kind of backs up our point of, you know, you do definitely play attacks for English uh, players, especially defenders. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tommy Asu's made a bigger impact since he's come in. Just his uh, calmness on the ball organization. He's kind of all over the place at the same time. It's like organized chaos with him a little bit. He even gets kind of into the tack at points. Uh, yeah. I thought he's been great so far. One thing about Arsenal's, I put them in my top six this year. I have them in the, the fifth or sixth spot. I know it hasn't quite worked out to start the season, but this is the team. That performance was the team that I had in the top six. If they can continue to build on that, and you look at the goal scorers, Aubameyang, Emil Smith-Rowe, Bakayo Saka, essentially the three players that this Arsenal team is really built on, uh, and those are the ones that look to be kind of the exciting pieces that Arsenal can really depend on week in, week out. So to see them mm-hmm. all go in and put a shift in and get a goal, those are the kind of performances and the levels that Arsenal need to keep now. Um, and it's also on Mikel Arteta just to go out with a, a set of tactics and a plan every week. Uh, whether that actually happens is yet to be seen. <laughs> um, but a lot of times, I, I think at the beginning of the season, people were wondering if the players had, you know, lost trust, if they had kind of given up on him. And I think um, a North London Derby to put in a shift like that uh, shows the players do still have trust in Mikel Arteta. Mm-hmm. I thought they looked phenomenal. Uh, yeah. That's right. I can't say enough good things about, about, uh, about Arsenal's performance. Uh, I will also just say uh, Harry Kane has been playing like a guy who doesn't want to be there these past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he scored three goals tonight in the Europa League, but it doesn't really mean too much uh, when you put in a performance like that in a North London derby. Uh, fans are going to be on you, and he did pretty much fuck all. Yeah, uh, he should be embarrassed by that, and uh, to go out as the captain of the club too, and and put in a game like that, it's just unacceptable, man. I if I was a fan, I'd be furious with him right now because he looks like a player, like you said, that wants to leave in January. Yeah, he just does not look like he is playing for anything right now. He's just, like, existing. Yeah, and if I were Nuno, I would take the captain's armband off him. If I see any more of those performances, uh, it's not just the performance. It's his body actions, the tone of the way he's moving right now. It's just It's like a player that's sulking on the pitch. I, I would take the captain's armband off him and give it to Sonny because he, he's at least out there with a smile leading the team. Also, uh, uh, side note, it's not the UEFA Europa League. It's the UEFA Europa Conference League. Good correction. They did it's not even get worse that high in the than Europa League. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Austin, well, I know you're listening, and I really... Might, it might be time for some uh, some Tottenham fan therapy. What uh, do they play on, Friday? No, they play... <laughs> they play. Yeah, I mean, they play uh, Thursday at the same time as the Europa League, and, like, I don't know. Maybe you have to have uh, ESPN plus plus or ESPN minus to watch the game. Yeah, ESPN, ESPN plus ESPN plus minus. on Friday nights. Uh, ESPN ate the Ocho, but only after 9 p.m. when minutes are free. Yep, exactly. Correct. Um, <laughs> so and the yeah. last one of the weekend we're going to talk about here is Liverpool-Brentford, a game that finished three all at the Brentford <sighs> Community Stadium. Last time these two played were, I think, in – the third of the late thirties at Griffin park, Brentford's old ground. Uh, just one of those games. It's, it's a bogey game a little bit. And it's the one that didn't piss me off too much. If that game would have happened against Chelsea, 
Pat's celebrating right in my face. Hate to see it, but buzz, 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 yeah. buzz. If it happened against Chelsea, I'd be fuming. The defense was just kind of a shambles all over the place. All three goals they scored were kind of like right on the line, just like sloppy. Like we need to clear the ball quicker. The offense looked great, and we scored some spectacular goals, including a a rocket from Curtis Jones. But man, we can't have performances like that. It's one you just got to kind of take on the chin and move past, though, because with games uh, against Porto and Man City on the bounce afterwards, you have to change direction and kind of forget about it. But it was a hard one to take. Mitch, what were your thoughts? Uh, I hate to say I told you so. You did. <laughs> I um, I saw this coming a mile away. Yeah, Ivan Tony is an absolute animal. Didn't have the best game. Um, all in all, but definitely caused a lot of friction on the defensive line because they know what he can do. That um, flick on he had for Pinnock's goal at the beginning. Was the assist, unreal. yes, was unbelievable. Um, and I already I saw Twitter blow up with pictures of Klopp talking to him. He's a Liverpool fan, apparently. So and he put it after the game on Instagram. Uh, it was great to beat the club I grew up supporting, but um. They didn't beat us. They didn't beat us. They played us, and we drew. Um, Good fourth game. Goal, that, Thomas fourth, Frank, fourth goal from Brentford, very close offside. Uh, very easily could have taken the three points there late. Um, I, I, I rate Brentford a lot. After I've actually watched them a lot this season, just because it's you know it's somebody, it's a team that's coming into the league after so long. Like there's going to be eyes, and I've had my pair on them and you know, the game against Arsenal, they've just, they have nothing to lose and, and they're just going to play how they play. And they play a very physical, fast brand of football. It's exciting. And, you know, I knew that Liverpool, you know, with the game uh, on the bounce at Porto this week, I like, regardless of people being rested, um, you know, I knew Liverpool would kind of fall back a little bit in terms of like they're going to slack off to a degree. It's not as big of a game as a Chelsea or a City or a Port uh, a Porto UCL game. So they're not going to put in that 100% performance and it bit them in the butt and they walk away with a point. Very lucky to do so. Brentford very easily could have uh, won that game many, many times over. Yeah, and we could have closed it off too. I, we were up uh, 3-2, I believe, and Salah and Mane had chances back-to-back, and I was like, those are going to come back and bite us in the ass. I think both of them went over the bar. I knew those were going to come back, and they did, but you, all you have to do is tip your cap to Brentford. It was a great game. They have, I mean, Thomas. Yeah, I, ahead, I, like, yeah I, I, like, I don't want to discredit like Liverpool to to – to that degree it was an unbelievable game from the neutral perspective like very very fast paced you know blows being thrown back and forth for 90 minutes it was it was an incredibly exciting game yeah and what what I was going to say is that you have to tip your cap to the manager Thomas Frank I mean what a moment that must be for him to to go up against another German and Jurgen Klopp probably one he's looked up to for a long time and to, to get a result off of him there was one point in like the 80th minute where Brentford had a chance. Mane goes down, has a chance on goal. And Thomas Frank kind of just gives Klopp a look like, 
what a what a match of footy. And it was a it was a shared shared respect. Like we're mm-hmm. going at it right here, and it was a great game, but it didn't go out in the favor of the team I liked. So a little bitter, a little bitter. Fair but enough. I, like, but I got you on the I told you so. Like I saw that you coming did. a mile away, boys. And then you know now we get to move on into the Champions League. It's been a crazy week. Uh, to talk about a, a load of matches that were just thrilling from every aspect. Um, we'll kind of run through some, top and stop and talk about some different ones that stand out. Uh, started on Tuesday with Shakhtar and Inter. Inter dropping points again. They're quickly um, finding their way kind of in the middle of that table. I don't know if Shakhtar are getting out of the group, boys. I might have been wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that takes looking a little bit colder now. Um, Ajax topping Besiktas. Um, Ajax and Dortmund are kind of gravitating towards the top of their group. That was one we were kind of unsure of with Sporting and Besiktas from Turkey. Um, but Ajax and Dortmund are looking to be the better sides in that one. Oh, the next the big... one. The next one. Yeah. There's a new sheriff in town. What a match and what a goal to win the game. Oh, my, oh my God. God. Right yeah, in the left corner. Oh. And to do it on the road. At the Bernabeu. At dude. the Bernabeu. They rocked up to the, what, 12 time? 12. They have 12 Champions Leagues or 11? 13. 13. 13. Even better. They rocked up to the 13 time winner of the Champions League. And did that shit when Woody walks out of the box in Toy Story. And he was just like, ah. And they fucking won. Dude, I love an underdog story like that. We were all bantering Sheriff at the beginning. And now it's like, you know what? I'll be surprised if they aren't in the knockout round. How fucking is that? I said, and I quote, I've never heard of them. They can fuck off to fourth. And then they beat Real Madrid on their own turf. My, my feet have been in my mouth since the game against Shakhtar. Well, now where are they, dude? So in my problem, ass, through my mouth. Problem, I found this out. Sheriff, while exciting and thrilling and everything you want to see in a Champions League story, were founded by two former KGB members. Fuck. What's wrong with that? I mean, take from it what you will, but. It's kind of wild. <laughs> I don't know. I think that might make me like them more. That's fucking crazy. That's that's like some some Eastern European type shit that I can just get behind. I'm like, I'm kind of for it, dude. I'm, I'm like, I might go put fifty bucks on them winning the Champions League right now. Yo, how do I How do I get my hands on a Sheriff Cristiano kit? We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. Make it happen. We'll make it happen. (laughs) Next game, uh, Group B, AC Milan, Atletico Madrid, Suarez winning that one late on. Penalty in the 96th minute. Uh, Suarez just continues to be amazing for Atletico. AC Milan will be disappointed to have no points after the first two games. Yeah, I think this uh, kind of – this this result really starts shaping the group, um, yeah. and along with Liverpool's five-one uh, performance, uh, you know you have two clear front runners in 
Group B now. Atletico, um, like just just seeing Luis Suarez net late winners, it just makes me feel good. I miss yeah, it so much. Something about it, man. Uh, well, it's we're just... on Group B. We might as well talk about the other game. Liverpool just taking the piss out of Porto now. Uh, a lot of a lot of talks about Porto having to hand over the drag out to Liverpool after conceding 14 goals to them in three home matches against the Give Reds. Us the keys. <laughs> just a shambles from Porto, man. Their goalie was something else. Coming out with his tits out for for one goal. Coming out from you know beating him from about 30 yards and just watching the keeper try to to run to keep up with that and fail to keep it out of the net was just pretty funny. Uh, like you said, Group B is starting to take shape. And with two games uh, between Liverpool and Atletico on the bounce uh, in a row, I think after the next two games, we'll kind of figure out who's leaving to go to the knockout round in Group mm-hmm. B. Yeah. Uh, and the one after that, Dortmund Sporting, Daniel Malin uh, getting the winner in that one. Pretty fair result. Yeah. Uh, and then PSG. Pat, your team, PSG. PSG, PSG beat City. City. Um, so here's the thing about that game. Uh, that was like the epitome of everything I've been saying about Man City needing a striker because PSG did not deserve to win that game 2-0. Uh, if we finish the chances we create and Donnarumma doesn't stand on his head, uh, we could have won that game like 6-2. Really. Uh, PSG created only those two chances. Uh, honestly, if Bernardo or Sterling put in the two goal, put in anything there to put the game at 1-1, I think it's a totally different game. I think City were really unlucky to come away with A, no goals scored, and and B, not a, like no points. Like A 1-1 draw would have felt, I guess, fair. Um, I think City beat him at home. Uh, I'm, I was not convinced by that PSG game. Messi's goal was phenomenal. Take nothing away from that. That was incredible solo effort. Picked the ball up on the halfway line, ran 50 yards, and then hammered it top bins. But their first goal just fell to, to, to uh, Idris Gay off of a pretty fortunate deflection. Um, won't take anything away from the finish, though. That was a, a banging finish to put him up 1-0. Yeah. But if City finished their chances off, I think that's a completely different game. Uh, the XG was like almost two to less than half of XG at the end of the game. So a uh, city unfortunate, but I'm not worried about that performance. Um, as a fan of the club, uh, we're still going to get out of the group and we were definitely the better team. Um, just unlucky on the night and didn't finish our chances. So that's how it goes in the champions league. Uh, if it's a knockout stage game, it's a completely different story and, and PSG mm-hmm. knock us out. But at the group stages, I'm not too worried about that. Uh, the performance was good. The result just kind of went against us. Yeah, and as a neutral, that's that messy goal is what Champions League football is all about, isn't it? That eruption uh, to the yeah, crowd. Yeah, Messi score that in the back of the net. Yeah, yeah and how Champions... many times has Messi done that running down the pitch, plays a quick one-two off somebody and hits it one time? It's just, uh, you know, vintage Messi. And you could see when Messi was about 20 yards away from the 18-yard box, Pep saw what he was doing, and Pep just put his hands on yeah, his head. Yeah, he put his hands on his head, coming. yeah. Been there, done that. Yeah, it's vintage, man. And uh, Pep's just like, fuck, I had, I, I got that for three years. I mean, you know, yep. what can you do? Uh, yeah, I, I, I love Lionel Messi, so I, I just didn't really care that he scored. I was like, you know what? Apparently Marquinhos doesn't love him making him lay on the ground. Give him, he was just giving him a break. He was like, you know what? You've earned it. Lay down, King. Rest your, rest your tired legs. Actually, you know – 
he was pretty quiet up until that goal, in all honesty. Mbappe really was like the star attacker for them in that game. He was causing all of the problems. Uh, Mbappe is going to cause problems. I mean, what you thought. I mean, but I have I have one thought of yours to challenge. Sure. You, you very definitively said City is coming out of the group. Yeah. I don't know. Bruges is looking pretty freaking good as of late. We're going to beat Club Bruges, Mitchell. I'd, hey. The Liverpool anything, goalie derby. Anything can happen, Patrick. I want you to You're remember right. That. Anything can it happen is the in Champions, Champions League. League, but I am it's... staking my claim that City are coming out of the group. Okay. All eyes on Bruges. Bruges, and, and they beat Leipzig. Bruges is doing uh, well to start off the group with a, a draw against PSG and a win against the Germans. Leipzig will be very disappointed to have uh, no points after their first two. Uh, like I said, this one was the former Liverpool goalkeeper Derby with Galashi uh, for Leipzig and Miggs for Club Bruges. Uh, pretty actually is a very surprising result. I, I didn't very, very surprising. My many points from this group, and they've done well. They and, were they were uh, impressive in last year's Champions League build, weren't they? They beat they beat Real Madrid, didn't they? Yeah, last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next game, Atalanta beating Young Boys one nil. Uh, so this group's pretty wide open. The one with Manchester United, uh, Villarreal, Atalanta, and Young Boys is probably the most open group in the Champions League right now, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely. With the with the result that United was handed by Young Boys to start the uh, the group stage, um, Atalanta kind of finding their footing after dropping points. Um, you know, I I I could see this going any way, like. But I still think United probably the strongest team out of the four in the group overall. Um, but it's going to be probably the most interesting to watch. Group G, also very, very tight still. Um, Salzburg, honestly, a clear favorite. But the fight for uh, second is on between uh, Sevilla, Wolfsburg, and LOSC. Boy. Yeah, Salzburg's an interesting one too, isn't it? Because Jesse Marsh got promoted up to Leipzig. Uh, so they underwent a pretty big change this summer and, you know, to start the Champions League off that well. Uh, impressive for them. Going going back to the Atalanta, Man U, Villarreal group, uh, actually, those next two matches against for Atalanta and Man United are going to be cracking matches because Atalanta are going to be running behind Man United rolling spliffs up behind Harry Maguire, man. <laughs> they are going to rip him <laughs> apart. All right, two games I'm very excited for, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, we can get into the next one. Wolfsburg, Sevilla, draw. Pretty fair result. Sevilla, I, I had them going down to Europa, so I'm not too surprised by them dropping points already. Um, Bayern rolling over Dynamo Kiev, 5-0. Leroy, Leroy Sané scored a banger from the left. Don't know if you guys saw that one. I did not. I did. Yeah, he had a really good game. He's uh, kind of having a like very, really good uh, restart to his career, so to speak, this year. First, like, full, fully fit season with Bayern. He's been playing really, really well. It's uh, 11 GA in 10 games, I, I think. think. so. It was 9-9 nine nine before this one, and he got a goal and an assist, right? 
Yep. Yeah, so I think it's 11 and 10, 11 and 10 now. Yeah, good for him. I, I always liked Sané, even when he was at Man City. So I adore him and his afro. I want him back. <laughs> uh, next match, Juve beating Chelsea, like we mentioned earlier. Uh, Chiesa getting the goal shortly after halftime. It's another one where they I feel like they just kind of suffocated Chelsea and mm-hmm. Lukaku didn't do enough. Um, That's um. I was chatting with uh, our our friend Cameron, whose name has come up a bunch on this podcast lately. Um. And he kind of made the point that Lukaku's been the, these last two tests, you know, Juve and City, he's been invisible, really, in these last two games. I mean, to show up, you know, to, to even create a controversial moment, controversial, so to speak, moment uh, for his offsides goal against City. It took Kai Havertz being like six literal feet offsides to, to get him in behind. Uh, didn't look great against Juve. Um, is is Lukaku? Uh, does he just beat the shit out of small clubs? Is he going to turn up? To be against fair, he didn't play great against Liverpool either. I know they were a man down uh, in the second half, and their tactics totally changed. But the first half, he didn't really threaten Liverpool too often. Yeah, it's, is he going to be one of those players that just beats the hell out of the fucking Watfords and the the Fulhams and the fucking whoever else that sucks and just kind of ghost against big teams. We'll see. Time will tell. I I think he's good enough to kind of reach those levels, but uh, it takes a special player to do that in the big games in the premier league and the champions league. And mm-hmm. uh, we kind of saw him a little bit falter for inter when it got later in the champions league stages. So we'll see. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, this yeah. next result was insane. Uh, we have, we have a listener out there who, made it a point to message our Instagram and uh, ask us if we were going to be talking about this result. So uh, just wanted to to let you know, uh, I'm pulling up the DMs because I am really bad with names. Uh, Roman, I am so impressed with Benfica after that 3-0 win. Uh, that was incredible. Incredible. Barcelona are dog shit, but what a result for Benfica, man. Yeah, it's a little bit of both, isn't it? A Barca being shit and Benfica just putting in a worldy performance. What a good game from them. A few players that really stood out. Rafa Silva was incredible. Their defense is well organized too, man. I talked about their defense a lot last year, how organized and good it was in Liga Nos in Portugal, and they mm-hmm. just bossed it. I rate uh, Darwin Nunez, the guy who got two for them that night, too. Uh, I think he's a really, really good player. He was a name that was kind of circulated around in uh, City's hunt for a number nine. So I did my my due diligence and paid attention to him as much as you can, you know, being a a fan of the English Premier League and not really having much access to the Portuguese Mm -hmm. League. But he's a a proper player. I like him a lot. Um, If he keeps up his form and City keep needing a number nine going into January, I wouldn't mind seeing us throw a bid in for him. Yeah, so we, we kind of bantered Barca a little bit here last week, I think, mm-hmm. uh, with Coleman being on the hot seat a little bit and and whatnot. I don't know how fast news travels up in Maine, like we mentioned earlier, so you guys might not have heard this, but Barcelona are looking for a new manager. Yeah, I saw is, um, Pep's assistant is one of the names that's being floated around really? to replace him right now. Oh, that must be a weird shortlist because you're going to get someone that's powerful enough to be coach of Barcelona. But as we've saw with the past few Barca have hired, they also have to be weak enough to be a Muppet of the club and their politics. 
I would like to see them uh, take a punt and hire Xavi. I think that'd be cool. <laughs> that'd be an into- I've actually heard that name. So I don't think that'd be that crazy and no. probably be cool for the club too, but what a shambles they are in. If they didn't have Memphis right now, they would be in a world of pain. Can you believe that people wanted Messi to stay and play for that club for free? Their fans <laughs> thought that he should stay and play for that. For it's free. Insane, man. He won a trophy feel- with that club also. Just he won something with that with that current Barca. I feel bad for Frankie De Jong, man. He he left Ajax in a world of promise and now is just like the shoulders of what is left of Barcelona and Free Frankie out. Center back Free Frankie. Come to the Prem. We got a spot for you in the midfield. We're hurting for, for midfielders right now uh, at Liverpool. And you'll link up with your, your big, big bad friend, Virgil. You know? <laughs> sounds I, like, I sounds like a Marcotti. great fit. Yeah, he would be. Uh, I was listening to Gab Marcotti last night, and he was talking about Coleman's decisions in this one. Uh he pulled off PK uh, in like the 33rd the, minute. Yeah. He's on a yellow, had another weird challenge, but it, so the argument was, uh, should he have taken PK off? Cause he'd make a couple of risky challenges. You don't want to go down a man. Oftentimes coaches don't make that adjustment soon enough, but to do it in the 33rd minute. And then you put Frankie De Jong back at center back as like a fifth defender. It was just weird tactics, man. It was almost like Marcotti was making the argument a little bit that Coleman was doing it to, lose the dressing room and give Barcelona a reason to, to get rid of him, but in a way where he can still keep his uh, revenue package salary. Mm-hmm. It, it, very interesting, weird scenario. And that's where you get into politics with Barcelona. And uh, it looks like a messy situation for, to me from afar. But I'm tis. Okay. Sorry. Well, just I'll shut the fuck up. Let's talk about Man United and Villarreal. <laughs> that one was wild, huh? I mean, that yeah. Ronaldo goal. Just if <laughs> you don't have to be a Ronaldo fan, you don't have to be a United fan. If that doesn't make you feel something, you're dead. You couldn't write it. You literally couldn't write it. Classic Ronaldo, dude. He does fuck all for 90 minutes and then goes and scores a game winner. And then he goes, classic. <laughs> Love it. It was I insane, it. man. I also want to give a, a proper shout out to Jesse Lingard too. He's had to come off the bench recently and I think he should be a, a regular starter for Man United because he's just class. He's came on and I know he made a mistake in the last Champions League game uh, against young boys, but mm-hmm. in the games against West Ham, he came on, won the game the and then class finish. Yeah. So he had a chance at the end of this one against Villarreal and then sets up the goal for Ronaldo with a nice mm-hmm. little pass back. Uh, He's been class and he deserves to at least go somewhere where he can play, man. He's a, he's a talent. I think he's, yeah, I think he found his feet again at West Ham and it's, it's good to see players kind of get back to being good because he was, you know, there's the classic video of him Millie rocking at the Emirates. Like Lingard is, is not a bad player. He just kind of like lost his feet and then really, really fell out of form for a while. So it's good to see, to see him confident and playing again. Um, yeah. Another player that I just to kind of throw out there is an interesting one. Uh, Donnie Van de Beek. Yeah. What did you see the, either of you see the clip of the old making his final subs and 
Vanderbeek just kind of like slams his hand against the stand in front of him and like really like leans back in his chair. And I, I didn't see who it was behind him, but they kind of like grabbed him on the shoulder and like rubbed him, like not rubbed him, but like kind of gave him a little like shake. Like, you know, man, it's going to be okay. Like, it's fine. Like yeah, he, he threw his gum on the ground towards like one of the assistant coaches. Yeah. He's feeling pissed. I, I'd be pretty upset if I was him too. Like, what do you have to do to get a game at that point? Yeah, and it's not even what do you have to do to get a game. It's why is Mick Fred going in instead? Yeah, of- right. Why is Fred going in when we're need a goal? Why are you subbing Fred on instead of me? Uh, and you know, McTominay just- is better, but to a point, even McTominay. It's like Donny Van de Beek doesn't offer anything like a little bit more offensive or like I can put him in and trust him in the midfield to at least go box to box and provide fresh legs. It's like after a while, it's like, why am I here? Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's it's a tough situation, man. I don't even know. I didn't know why they bought him in the first place, and now he's just rotting on the bench. Uh, last thing to note about this game is uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tip my hat here <laughs> to Alex Tellez because what a fucking goal he scored, man! That was an incredible volley, phenomenal, phenomenal finish from the left back there. Uh, Oftentimes, what a pick by Bruno. That, oh, yeah. You can only put that in one spot. Great training ground routine. That They they have drawn that up, and it worked to perfection. Uh, great, great all-around goal that one was. Yeah, if you gave him 100 tries of that, I don't know how many he's hitting like that one. That was a special well, one. That The only one he hit was the one that mattered. That's true. Facts. So that's our Champions League roundup pretty much. I mean, you know, Like I said, busy week, and we're getting right into the thick of it with Champions League, so... It'll get interesting here pretty shortly. Um, But now it's time to do a a little bit of a new segment. We're going to do some listener questions. Um, The first one's a pretty interesting one with Liverpool City coming up here. Uh, We're going to do a combined Liverpool City 11 uh, within the last 10 years. I think that's probably a fair way to go because obviously there's going to be some old Liverpool players, probably more Liverpool players than Man City players that could make this team. And we've never watched them, obviously, besides like highlights. We're not going to yeah. sit here and try to banter and argue Graham Sunas in this lineup. So yeah, exactly. We're we're gonna you know guys that we've actually seen play. I think was yeah. was the biggest stipulation uh, here. Um, so my question is: Are we going to try to settle on a the main stand combined eleven, or are we each going to give our own individual elevens and let the I think we have to settle on one. I feel like we settle on one. All right, well, we're going to get in an argument before we even get out of the net, so. <laughs> so, I think the argument's going to be Guardiola's Klopp's assistant, correct? I don't think so. I'll take the guy that won two on the bounce. I'll take the guy that got 100 points. If we're talking Premier League, I'm fine putting Pep there. Uh, Put some respect on Brendan Rodgers' name, both of you. Listen, listen, bottle artist is not going to be managing this club. We want to win a title with this 11. Three, three, four, three. I want to make it clear that graphic does not represent European competition. Sure. You can put a big asterisk and say Premier League only. I'll still take the guy that's won two Champions Leagues and two trebles over Jurgen Klopp. Is it Jurgen Klopp before or after the LASIK? That's a good question. Is it 
with veneers? Maybe if it's with veneers, can we put no, them together? I like. I want. I want my Jurgen Klopp to have glasses on. Okay. Okay. Like that if might I'm t- it, like it does change a few things. But if I'm being honest, I think I would have to lean toward Pep as an overall Premier League manager, just based on wins, accomplishments, um, and building the side that he has um, edging out Jurgen Klopp as yeah, much. As I think it's, I think it is close. I think Klopp is a really good manager, but I, I think, think the next couple of seasons are going to be really pivotal in the, in the Pep versus Klopp argument as to who is the better manager in the Prem. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. For sure. Right now it's, it's Pep. So Pep is managing our combined city Liverpool 11 of the last 10 years. Um, You guys want to get right into right into this argument because I've got a fucking scalding hot. We could do, we could do like a co-manager setup now, like Roy Evans, Gerard Houllier. (laughs) (laughs) Klopp can manage the team in in England. How about that? (laughs) All right. So uh, I'm going to just shoot it out. Uh, I think the goalie has to be Joe Hart. Oof. I wasn't thinking that route. I think the goalie has to be Joe Hart. Who's second? Uh, probably Allison, but I, I don't think it's... <laughs> I, I think we're just making an 11. The goalie has 11. to be Joe Hart. Yeah, it does. It does. Just purely based on Premier League. I mean, it, yeah, it I mean, it has to be, but it, it I don't like it. It, it ha- but it has to be. Four I don't like it. Row, it has I to be. D- I don't like it, but I agree with it. Thank Prime you. Joe Hart is in net. Killer. Okay. You can put Prime right in front of his name when you put him when you make the graphic up, Josh. Yeah, Prime Joe Hart. Yeah, just inform Joe Hart. I think right, the back this- four. Is, is easy. I think we can settle on the back four, right? Yes. I don't. Are we going love left to right, right or right to thing? Just because Kyle Walker is not better than Trent Alexander Arnold. Uh, Kyle is Walker wonderful. is better than Trent Alexander. More accomplished. He is he better is than better. Trent. Yes, he is. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Trent is only better at crossing the ball. Every other and free kicks of the game and free kicks. Kyle Walker. He's a better defender. He's got more pace. He's more physical. He's just as good at passing the ball. He can slot into the back four as a center back and let his right winger push up. It is 100% Kyle Walker over Trent Alexander. He's not just as good at passing the ball. Yes, he is. Just passing, just on the ground, passing the ball. They are No chance. Like passing five yards back to John Stones. Oh, my God, dude. Take off the red tinted glasses for one second, dude. He is just I'm I'm conceding on a lot of these points. I I think Trent Alexander-Arnold is a better fullback than Kyle Walker. I will put him in here based on Premier League accomplishments. (laughs) I I, so I mean, there's a third fucking person here, gentlemen. You just for five minutes. Hold on. Sorry, I like this segment. I'm conceding it to Patrick as an overall right back. If you're looking defensively and as, as we all know, Pep is on the, on the byline, on the touchline. Kyle Walker has to be the right back. No shouts from Nathaniel Klein. 
<laughs> not one not a not a one surprised that uh I, I i thought about trying to fight for bakari sanya for a second just to see what you guys would say <laughs> okay moving to the fullbacks uh i mean the other fullback robert are we going to robertson has yes. robertson it's robertson and i think the center back pairing is center like, back pairing is is company and van dyke yep you can't argue that two of the best no. center backs to grace the premier league yep uh midfield. so midfield it depends on how we're setting up here what are we doing a cdm and two center mids are we doing four i just think the, midfield? the three the, the three best center flat lead. three yeah with just a flat three so we're doing like a four three three three, three best center mids Let's all go around and give our best three, and then we'll argue. De Bruyne, Silva, Gerard. I'd go De Bruyne, Fernandinho, Gerard. If you're I doing also... like a, I'm playing in my brain. Gerard is the deep lying midfielder. No, I'm letting Gerard get ahead, get some creation. Well, that's what we got De Bruyne in there for. We had two creative dudes. I'd rather have Gerard as the CDM there. He I can mean, I like the first forty Fernandinho, but yeah, no, I I also have Fernandinho in there um, with with Gerard and KDB. I'll concede that we can take Silva out and put De Bruyne in, or put put Fernandinho in. I think Fernandinho a real, a real six, a real yeah. linchpin six in the in the midfield there. Wingers, are we going Sala and Mane? Uh, I think it should be Sterling over Mane if we're just looking at the last 10 years. I looked I'd, at the stats, Josh. Sterling has a higher GA than Mane over the last – since they've both been in the league, played for Liverpool, played for City. Sterling has more goals and more assists. Third highest scoring player under Pep. It's, it's Sterling. In the la- Has he had a higher GA in the past four years? Yeah. Sterling is the third highest we're, scoring we're player. We're talking under ten years though. But what other wingers are you going to put over those three? That's that's the argument for the three wingers: is Sterling, Mane, and Salah. Yes, and, and two of them play on the left, so Salah's our right wing. Yeah. So and Sterling can play left wing. He's been playing left wing for yes. City for like two seasons. Yes. I, I think Sterling is the winger over Mane. My opinion. I mean. It, he is a combined Liverpool and City player. So, Josh, you don't even have to be that mad about it. You look so upset. Yeah, it's because he's a snake. I hate him. No, he's a T-Rex. There's a difference. He is a T-Rex. He and I run the same. Both so prehistoric. I, he, has a, he has a special place in my heart. Yeah, you guys run the same. Like a dog that's, like, thinking it's going into the water, but it, it hasn't gotten there yet, and it's just flapping. Yeah, I'm just really, just really excited to go swimming. I'm just chasing that tennis ball into the lake. <laughs> if we go sterling i have a proposition for the number nine no you're not this it's is, not this bobby is, no, 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 it's no, not bobby. hear me out i'm saying we can pick we we're gonna pick the obvious one but just entertain this point that obviously aguero is one of the premier league greats of all time uh his list of accomplishments is pretty much endless but if you could pick a player in one year, 13, 14 Suarez would. Oh yeah, absolutely. I won't argue that for that. That was, that is one of the best individual scenes I've ever seen out of a player. Uh, I'm a, I'm a big Suarez guy. I think Suarez is fucking amazing. I think he's 
it like if we're looking at bursts like you know individual seasons like that that 13 14 season is one of the best individual seasons i've ever seen from a player like bar none that he was yeah i guess i just wanted to mention it just because in case yeah in case someone does like come like be like oh you didn't say anyone but aguero Suarez would be right there if he stayed at Liverpool instead of going to Barcelona, probably. Yeah, I 100% agree with that, too. I, I think Suarez is – it's tough to put him in, like, a list of all-time great forwards just because his time in the Prem was so short-lived. It was, like, three, four years. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? Yeah. yeah and and whereas Aguero has been, like in, – in I don't know. Maybe this is, like, a homer take, but, like, whatever. I don't fucking care. He has been arguably the the player of the decade for you know from 2010 to 2020. Like yeah. he's in the debate for best Premier League player of the past decade. So absolutely, I don't think I don't think, I don't think that at the forward spot. I don't think I don't think anybody questions that, or or could refute that honestly. Like um, where I was just danced on the Premier League at will for a decade, you know. Yeah, I, I'm. I think that thinking about the 11, I think you can, you can make, you can definitely make cases for Mane over Sterling. I will, I will genuinely say that. Uh, I just think Sterling's GA in those three title winning seasons or the two in particular, 17, 18 and 18, 19, I think really, really help his case. Um, and, and then honestly, neither of our clubs really had like a plethora of wing talent over the last decade. It's been a lot of really good center mids and a lot of really good strikers. I mean, Daniel um, Sturridge. He was a forward though. They, didn't you guys play a four four two that year? And he played up top with Suarez. We played a three four three. Did you really? That's what Brendan Rodgers wanted to put out all the fucking time. That is wild to me. Uh, yeah. I mean, I Stur- guess Sturridge played up on the on the right wing role. The and Coutinho played in the midfield for you guys. Yeah. Center, center, yeah. Yeah. It was, he kind of like floated between like a, a cam and like a left forward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I think it really is just like Mane and Sterling for that left wing spot. And I do think it's close. I will say that much. I do, I do really think it's close. And I think if, if Josh wanted to take the time to have this debate with me, he might be able to convince me that it should be Mane instead of Sterling because I think Mane might be a better overall footballer. Um, I'm just really think Sterling's GA over the, over those title winning seasons speaks volumes to, to his if, ability, especially in those couple of years. Another player that wasn't there for long enough to probably be considered in this, but was around the same time frame as Gerard that you would probably have to consider too for the midfield is Zabi Alonso. Yeah. Alonso too, for sure. I think it, I think he was more like on the tail end of things. Like if yeah. we were doing like a City United one, like yeah, Rooney's on the tail end of that argument. You know what I mean? Uh, like that's yeah. Years. I mean, it's honestly like years. I didn't fucking watch Alonzo. Like I, I right. people know that in my fandom of Liverpool is documented, but you probably have to at least say his name. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I I think that's about it. Uh, I'm sad I couldn't finesse at all city midfield but i'll take i'll take fernandinho and de bruyne in there you tried it i really i know i i was giving it i was giving jr the deep lying role i just we should have cameron on to do a united city all-time 11 the same thing because you yeah. two would 
kill each other over the midfield because there would be blood skulls in there probably i don't think so i think i know you guys would be pretty civil about it national united fan i have ever met so i i think that the, the discussion would go well but i would definitely cameron i know you're listening i would try as hard as humanly possible to keep paul skulls out because i think it's funny <laughs> fair warning little salt rat um so that is our combined liverpool city 11 uh just to recap it's uh joe hard and goal andy robertson at left back company and van dyke at center back kyle walker at right back uh steven gerrard fernandinho kevin de bruyne in the midfield um a hard-fought victory for raheem sterling on the left wing sergio aguero at striker and Mohamed salah at right wing yep give us your thoughts Send send, you know, send what your combined Liverpool city 11 over the last like decade or so would be to the pod. Uh, let us know what you think for sure. I'm very interested to hear your opinions. Um, our second question is um, I'm in the fucking hot seat today with these listener questions. I'm fighting for my life in our Instagram <laughs> DMs right now. Um, our friend Austin Farwell submitted this question. Um, Future guest. Yeah. We're going to do some Tottenham fan therapy with him because we have to he deserves uh, it at this point austin wants to know how city have managed to spend a billion dollars and not win the champions league um do either of you want a great say question before i say anything it is uh so like i bantered last episode about this as well a lot of banter that i come back to there is a thing with european heritage and clubs that perform well in europe there's just something when the champions league anthem hits and those lights flicker that teams that have that European heritage play well city is not one of those clubs it is partially because the fans really don't turn up for those midweek games in the champions league it's also um one of those things where I don't think you can just pool money together and buy talent uh that performs necessarily well when it's like a two-legged knockout home and away uh they would win the league in the Premier League, based on consistency and over time, that team is going to have enough solo talent to win leagues. Uh, that's just the way it is. And with a manager like Pep, you do build that chemistry over time. But it's still uh, in those games where you go up against well-organized, you know, big teams, it's hard to break them down. And I think City have experienced that um, in the past few years in the Champions League. And overall, I think that's why uh, they haven't won one yet. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty accurate. Uh, I'm not going to be the person who sits here and tells you that like City are some European giant because they're not. Realistically, we've only been competing in the Champions League, like actually be a team that people are like, oh, they could win their group. Oh, they're, they're favorites to win the competition for like five years. Uh, it took Sir Alex Ferguson's United several, several years to win a champions league uh, that, that kind of stuff just doesn't happen overnight. It's, it's not just like an instant thing. And to Josh's point too, I think he's not totally wrong. Our fans aren't totally warm to the idea of, of the champions league. Uh, if you ask the average city fan, would they rather win the league or rather win the champions league? I think a lot of them would say that like they prioritize the league. They think the league is more important at this point, not to say that like a lot of us wouldn't myself included, like, lop off my left arm to city city win the champions league um I, and i would have absolutely traded the premier league last year if it meant we won the, the champions league instead of you know losing to chelsea in the way we did but i also think that the the team has shown a lot of progress in the tournament um like 
getting to that final last year was a really big hurdle kind of like mm. overcame that that quarterfinals curse um and then i also think I, I agree that money doesn't guarantee instantaneous success um you've seen it in in recent years uh with fulham spending 100 million and then getting relegated in 2017 chelsea handed frank lampard you know 275 million dollars worth of players and he was gone by the middle of the year um united have spent a billion since ferguson and they have a europa league and an fa cup to show for it um it, it, money does not guarantee instantaneous success um and it, it's it's the pieces kind of falling into place so that's how city have not won a champions league despite spending a billion dollars because a lot more goes into it than just spending the money and i think they'll win one i definitely think they will win one in in the the coming future in the next five years i think city get a champions league um I'm not convinced Pep will be the guy to to win a Champions League with City, but I think that's a whole different discussion for my feelings on that. Uh, but yeah, to be respectful to City too, like City winning their first is harder than Liverpool winning their sixth or seventh. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's harder to build. When I say like the European heritage and stuff, some people might not like get what that means. It's like because Liverpool grew up with the Ian Rushes, the the Kenny Dalglishes, the the Bob Paisleys that like set that precedent that Europe is important and like this is the precedent. Like when these lights come on, you have to put in a shift. Like they grew up with Gerrard and Istanbul and like it meant something. City are creating that future right now. Like they never had that to really look back on. So like <laughs> you also have to like tip your cap to them and be like yeah, you have made improvements. You made it to the semifinal and final and back-to-back years. Like you are building something. And when that first one does come, it will be important. And it's something to build on in the future and future players will look back on. And it is hard to win that first one. It's like Liverpool winning the league after 30 years. Like you don't necessarily have that precedent and like you're setting it for yourself. So I do think it's hard. And, you know, just because you spend money, um, you, nece- you can't really necessarily even expect them to win. You obviously favor them, but it's extremely difficult. Right, yeah. And, yeah, I actually don't think I have anything else to say to that. I think it's that's pretty nail on the head right there. I, I think that that really sums it up. Um, yeah. We have one more listener question that I, I snuck in because I think, I think it's good to add a little bit of humor to this show. Um, a friend of mine, her name is Kess. She submitted this question. Uh, she submitted three really funny ones, um, but I think this one's my favorite. Uh, so the, the office, everyone's favorite personality trait slash American sitcom uh, features a, uh, a gentleman by the name of Michael Scott. Uh, boys, she wants to know if Michael Scott was a footballer, who do we think he'd play for? I have two answers. The obvious choice, Sunderland. Maybe. Because because I think he would do it um, for the glory of bringing them back to the top. The not-so-obvious choice is uh, K-Sports in the ninth division. (laughs) <laughs> uh because their nickname is the paper boys it's fucking oh, Mitch did like that. that's a that, deep man. cut i like that a lot 
I'm a really big fan of that answer. And I will uh, concede on that. Um, I don't think my answers are going to be as good as Mitchell's, but I have two thoughts. Uh, one is Crystal Palace because they have cheerleaders, a bald eagle, American owners. That's a really so good fucking point. I think that having seen the, the show, I feel like the cheerleaders are enough to it's it's just like such like a an american soccer team in like the weirdest way possible like this the most american english team like i feel like he'd end up like signing up to play for crystal palace thinking it's an american football team yep i I also think that he would play for the current barcelona (laughs) yes because he doesn't realize that they're dog shit now and it's just oh it's barca and then they're actually terrible could michael scott don't have one better coach than that's a good point (laughs) would he really be worse (laughs) my hot take is that i'm not doing one because parks and rec is a better show all right then who would uh what's uh nope who would who would leslie nope play for that's a tough one. I'm, I'm not good at these, man. I, I have to think of the, the ethos of the club and the town. Arsenal. I don't know. Too much to think. Arsenal. No, Arsenal's not organized enough for her. Need something oh, organized. Well, well, I was more thinking because they're like, you know, like London, you know, like the top, like the history of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she's a big history buff, works in public I was going to say for Michael I mean, Scott, I was going to say much, Arsenal's pretty much Arsenal's pretty much public servant at this point, so. Pretty much. I, I was going to say Leeds for Michael Scott because I feel like Leeds is probably the closest thing to Scranton in the UK. <laughs> yeah, that's a <laughs> that's a good one. All right. That's a fun one. I like I like these that fun. I question. Like, if, you, if anybody out there listens to this and they, they have listener questions, whether it be like serious football questions or just like stupid questions that you want to ask talking points that we think are just like fun shit that that we can enjoy and chuckle at uh please submit them to the pod send it Uh, in a voice memo it's in the link in the instagram bio yes uh side note uh josh i found a very very old picture from the newcastle night at foreplay oh fuck that's a deep cut that's a deep cut (laughs) We might get into we sh- we should bring that story up at some point because that was fucking hilarious. But I just uh, so Far- Farwell didn't even call it the championship. He said, "Get back to the second division." <laughs> that's so. I sick. think that's Far- where he Far- fucked up. And then, to uh, be honest, if a guy from America said that to you and you're from Newcastle, you probably would want to beat the shit out of him. Yeah. So Farwell was involved in that. I completely forgot. We're going to have to get him on the show and we'll talk about it when he comes on. Yeah. That'd be perfect. That's a, he was heavily involved. Good precursor to, to Austin a, Farwell yes. being on this, yes. this show. Um, all right, guys, let's, that is listener questions for sure. And yes. that was a, a good. Thank you for the review of, yeah. Of, of the champions league and of the premier league and yeah thank you for the listener questions feel free you know keep submitting more we'll put a little bubble in uh in our 
Instagram story one day this week to just like grab your submissions that way or just like DM them to us, DM them to me, DM them to Mitchell, DM them to Josh, tweet them at me, uh, do a smoke signal if, if you want. I don't know if I'll fully be able to understand what you're saying with it, but try. I'll do my best. Yeah, just, send just a note on horseback. It. It'll probably get here faster. Yep. Morse code. Um, and then uh, I, I think we're just going to close it out by talking about a couple of games that we're all going to be be looking forward to over the weekend. Um, I think we probably start hot and then cool off as we go. Uh, so let's let's talk Liverpool and City. Um, I'll let the two Liverpool guys here kind of give their thoughts on the game, and then uh, I'll jump in with mine. I don't want to be the guy that takes Liverpool every single time, so I'm going to take a draw here. Uh, uh, these ones are tough because sometimes these Liverpool city games get built up so much. And then it's like just a zero, zero stalemate that really nothing goes on. And mm-hmm. I can see this one, you know, off a of champions league midweek, you're going to have some tired legs. Uh, Liverpool are missing Trent. Uh, that kind of scares me because Milner is probably going to be the choice right back. Uh, missing a few midfielders with Tiago and uh, Kaita might still be questionable. I'm not hundred percent sure. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. We're Going to play a little bit of a rotated team. Um, City are obviously coming off a loss too, but in a game they played uh, better than PSG. So it's still not an easy task by any means. Mitch, what do you think? Uh, I have a weird question and feel free to hit me with the dumb stick. What if we played Costas on the right? Uh, I don't think so because he's so left-footed. If it was someone that had more of a more of a better weak foot, I would say yes. I would even like. I, I, part of me was even wondering if Klopp was going to favor him uh, because Robbo's played two games in a row. But I think defensively, you just have to stick with Robbo. Um, and then it, stick it's not with a bad. Milner. Out. I think I think Gomez would be the first choice if Milner doesn't play. Yeah, I could see. I, yeah, Gomez is fit. I could see Gomez playing. I could right see back Gomez you know, playing yeah. that, and I mean that'd be a fucking mean mean defensive line like um you know our top three center backs all making an appearance um no i i i hope that with the defensive kind of lacking that we had over the weekend against brentford obviously picked up the pace 5-1 against porto um but now we're kind of shaky again. A lot of question marks uh, when it comes to a, a big uh, league game against against City. Um, I don't know. I think Bobby could end up starting over Jota this week. Um, and then Jota getting the sub in. I do like the Curtis shout um, in the midfield. But I, I would like to say somebody gets a definitive three points out of this. Um, and I hope it's Liverpool, but I, I see City squeaking out uh, a 1-0 or a 2-1 win. At yeah. Anf- is it at Anfield? It's at Anfield. I don't think City win then. I, that's why I guess, yeah, I lean towards draw then. It- um, I'm, st- I, you know, I'm, I've been a homer the whole episode. I feel like I kind of just have to, to really stick Bring with it. it. Uh, I'm saying 1-0 City. Uh, I think with how we've played in the last two games, uh, I think, I think city are going to win this one. Uh, I think the point of Liverpool having to play a rotated team really, really favors 
city. Uh, I think last season fans or not um, city just going to Anfield and getting that win is huge for the confidence of the team. They feel like they can break the Anfield curse, so to speak that we've had. Cause uh, you, you two probably know this, but that was the first win we had ever gotten at Anfield or not yeah. ever, but I think in the last like 20 or so years. So I think, I think it's that, four. I think it's a confident team. Uh, I think the win against Chelsea is going to help a lot uh, show that we can go to another hostile away field and beat them. I, I think the city team is full of confidence right now. And I'm going to, I'm going to side with my guys here. I'm not going to go in sad and unconfident in them. Like I did against Chelsea. I think we're going to win. I think city are winning one nil. So the one thing I challenge you on is that I don't think there's any chance in hell City hold a clean sheet. Liverpool have scored three goals and seven, three plus goals in seven out of their nine last games um, and three goals in their past six games. I think, you know, the offense is just on a tear to start the year. It looks like the front three is like really back in form. I don't think there's any chance it ends with zero goals to Liverpool. Um, but, you know, City to win isn't a crazy shout, so that's the only take I had on that. Yeah, uh, I, I do. I do also just want to note though, City have the most clean sheets in the league right now, so sure. we are very, very solid at the back. So I, I do think that it's possible we keep the clean sheet, but one nil is optimistic. Two one is realistic. Sure. Or two one, sorry, not two nil. Two one is realistic. Yeah, one nil. Forget about it. Two nil. That's the now way we're to go. Talking. <laughs> No, we're going to stay in the northwest of England, Man United, Everton. Uh, Pat, why don't you go ahead and start us off with this one? Um, Wow. Uh, I don't know where to start because United won 2-1 in the Champions League. Uh, did not look super convincing despite that win. They were kind of all over the place. Um, just two moments of individual brilliance did end up winning them that game. Um but I do think that two moments of individual brilliance will also be enough to beat Everton. Um, I think Everton are a bad side by any means, uh, but I think that Man United will just edge this one, especially at home. Uh, I'm going to go for another 2-1. I'm going to say 2-1 to United, uh, and I think Ronaldo continues his scoring streak. I'm going to say 3-0 to United. I'm going to say 2-0 Everton. I love it. I hope you're I right. Josh is going spicy today. You know, a man uh, – why can't I think of his name? Why is it blanking me? Liverpool legend. This is embarrassing. It's been a long Rafa? day, guys. Yeah, it's been a long day. Yeah, Rafa. Rafa, Rafa the Benitez, man. He started out at Everton on a bender. Uh and they have some goal scorers in that team, man, and some guys that know how to move with and without the ball. And it's that United defense that's shaky, man. And in the midfield, Everton have improved their midfield. Uh, you know, a lot more names in there that we recognize nowadays. So I, I see Everton uh, seeing this one out. Next game. Although you think Ronaldo's no, yeah. score? No, I actually yeah. think. Uh, I think Everton could hold a clean sheet. Pickford and goal. I banter Pickford, but, you know, he has a ga good game once in a while. Every squirrel can find a nut, so I think he finds one against the Red Devils. I, I just think Ronaldo feels inevitable at this point to score a goal in, like, every Premier League game. Like, I, I will be surprised yeah. the game he doesn't score in. 
We'll see. You're Next right. one, Tottenham Villa. This is an interesting one just because it's two crazy sides. If, if you had to pick like the two most like up and down teams. Uh, this is going to be a fun game, I think. I'm saying 2-2. But... Two, two. I think this game's going to be a fucking shit fest. 2-2. Two, two. Danny Ings is going to shit on them. Danny Ings hat trick. I, I think Villa's going to win this one. I, three, I don't think that's one to take. Villa. I was leaning towards Villa, but Tottenham eventually have to do the Tottenham and pick up points somewhere. It's not going to be against Villa because Villa's going to beat him 3-1. I'm saying 2-2. Switching gears, uh, we talked about Barcelona and their mess right now. Oh, God. It doesn't get any easier for them as they go up against Atletico Madrid, the defending champions. I think they're going to get piped. I think so, too. I think this is the game. Uh, doesn't matter what Coleman's trying to do or where they're at in the hiring process. I think he goes. Yeah, I, I, I'm saying I think it's going to be like three to three or four goals to Atletico, like three, four nil. It's going to be bad. It's not going to I, I think at, I think Atletico are going to kill them. You're going to run through them. And then finally, fun one, Atalanta Milan in Serie A, kind of the, the game of the week here in Italy. Mm-hmm. This one's all over the place for me because, again, two teams that are offensive-minded, uh, pretty exciting. And, you know, like I said, Serie A is wide open this year. We have, like, seven teams contending for the title. So Which is I, I uh, actually favor Atalanta on this one. Um, yeah, that was going to be my prediction too. I'm saying uh, I like 2-0. I like 2-0. I'm going 2-0. I don't think Milan score. I, uh, I, th- I think it's going to be 1-0. I think it's going to be a pretty kind of dull overall game, and it's just going to be one one onion bagger for yeah. Atlanta, uh, at, or Atlanta. Sorry, Atlanta, uh, Atlanta. Long day, guys. I I just kind of want to say that I'm personally offended that you took this game as the Serie A game of the week when we have Fiorentina playing Napoli. I did see Nap- that one. It just Napoli in first with 18 points. Fiorentina in fifth with 12. Fiorentina's been in unbelievable form as of late. I mean, also Napoli has as well. Um to get six out of six. But you know, if Fiorentina find a way to sneak out three points, that top five really condenses. We're three points separating one and five at that point. I need Atalanta or not Atalanta. I need Fiorentina to not finish in the top seven, or Mitch is never going to let me live it down ever. Napoli uh, is going to be on some short legs too. They played in the Europa League today, I think, against Spartak Moscow or one of those. They lost. They lost three two. Osman got a late goal to bring one back. It was three one. Two red cards. If anybody can fucking find an affordable uh, purple. Or the the purple Nintendo Fiorentina jersey, preferably with Bobby Duncan on the back. That would be best. <laughs> oh, uh, boys that purple wraps up the episode buzzing. today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're all over the place. Uh, that wraps up the episode today. We're, we've been going for about an hour and a half, boys. Uh, so what I suggest to do with this episode is, uh, 
you know, kick back. It's Friday night. Put the TV on, put some Sopranos on. And then after you're done with the new Sopranos movie, listen to the podcast with the boys. Enjoy a few pints on Friday night. Get ready for the footy weekend. We had fun with you this week. A lot of stuff to cover. Anything else, lads? Uh, definitely submit more questions. Um, I think listener content is great. Uh, you know, w- we may seem like content creation geniuses over here at the main stand, but anything helps. So uh, if you got something you want to hear us talk about, you got a league, you want to hear us cover if your favorite team is playing and we haven't talked about them, tell us why we should sell us on a, tell us, sell us on a game, sell us on a club. Uh, give us, give us some fun stuff to talk about. If you want to be on the app, if you want to be on the pod too, shoot one of us a DM, we'll see what we can do. Um, and uh, to Josh's point about enjoying your pints, um, enjoy responsibly. Responsibly. Enjoy responsibly. Or Hopefully I have internet this weekend. Yeah, and also Spectrum, if you're hearing this, fix Mitchell's internet. Yeah, because Pat and I have to watch the City game and get mad at each other. The City-Liverpool oh, game. We do, we do. We do have to do that. I'm pretty sure I, I blocked out enough time this weekend to do that. It's not, we play Sunday, right? Sunday I hope at 10 30. 11 30 for you. Oh, yeah. I'll be back. On the East Coast. I'll be back in winter by 11 30 on Sunday. Oh, you got locals. No, I'm not. Also, playing. the boy is back home from the 16th to the 31st in October. So we will have episodes where all three of us are recording in Maine. Let's go. Our first organically Let's go. Maine episodes. Oh, my God. Live show? Live to, show? I'm going to have to buy a microphone. Holy shit. Yeah, get it figured out. I cannot wait. I am thrilled. I, that's going to be great. Okay, let's wrap right. it up. Let's, let's send these the people on their now. days. Sorry, guys. All right, if you've made it this far in the podcast, you know what's coming next. I'm going to give you a kiss. You can bank them all up. You got seven right now if you've made it this. Eight. You got eight because eight. we're counting episode zero. You got eight kisses for me if you've made it this far. That's a lot of kisses. Three or four more episodes. Like, we're just going to make out. Share it subscribe interact with us thank you so much for tuning into the main stand we'll see you guys next week Deuces. Peace.